Welcome to Harvest Birth Stories. My name is Sophie Grace and I will be your host for this podcast. We want to share empowering birth stories all across the United States and beyond and encourage mothers all around the world to um, feel proud and feel empowered by any story that they may have um, experienced. So, I will get into the podcast. Thank you. Welcome to podcast number two. Um, so let's just sit back relax and get into our first birth story which is going to be mine because i'm too lazy to go out and interview anybody else right now (laughs) um yeah i thought that i would just kick off the whole birth story podcast with my own and i thought about having somebody interview me but i never got around to it so here we are we're just gonna chat like we're friends um, like I'm talking to you, you're listening, I'm not shutting up. That's how this is going to go. Today is Monday, October 17th, which is actually my mother's birthday. So happy birthday, Deb or mom. I love you. She's the best human being in the entire world and she deserves a shout out. So yeah, let's get into it. I'm going to start kind of just kind of back it up we're going to start with um conception and you know life planning baby planning so my son is now a year old and i got pregnant with him in january of 2021 um our plan we got married in 2022 during like the worst COVID times ever. Uh, (laughs) Our plan was to probably start trying to have kids within like, we said like a year after we got married. So to say Soren was a little bit of a surprise would be accurate. But at the same time, it was a happy surprise and we were ecstatic. And it wasn't like it was not in the cards for us. Like we were, we wanted to have a family and I still want like at least two more kids. Logan only wants two total, but I want four. So I'm hoping for at least three, (laughs) but we'll see. We'll see how, you know, life plays out. Maybe I'll have another one and just be like, no, bro, I can't, I can't do another one after that. (laughs) So anyway, he was conceived in January, 2021. I basically felt pregnant instantly. And like I said, he was a little bit of a surprise. So I didn't really know why I was feeling nauseous. Um, We were on actually a ski trip in Idaho and Montana at the time. Like when I was like probably three, like probably the egg and the sperm had just met up and decided, hey, we're going to do this. And my body was like, I'm going to be nauseous for you, like right now, like instantly. So 
I we were on the ski trip and I was probably like two and a half, three weeks pregnant at the time, like probably couldn't even show up on a stick. And I was so nauseous. And it's just so funny thinking back to it now because me and my friend Lacey at the time, we were just popping Dramamine. Like I was like, I have like elevation sickness. I have motion sickness. I am going to um, just take all the Dramamine in the world that I can. And obviously it didn't. I mean, I think Dramamine actually helps with morning sickness. I don't think you're supposed to take it. Um, But I thought it helped. (laughs) But come to find out like a week later, it was because of something else and not because of um, uh, elevation. So like a week after our trip, I got home. We got home on like a Sunday. And that next day actually so maybe it was only like a couple days after our trip yeah i think it was only like two days after our trip we got home the next day i i don't know why like i honestly can't tell you why i was like hey i'm gonna take a pregnancy test because other than like feeling nauseous i didn't like i i didn't i didn't expect it so i didn't know what to look for or like what symptoms to look for but I'm kind of one of those like anxious pregnancy test takers where like if I'm going to go out and like drink or something, I would take one just in case just because I'm like, I don't want to like screw it up if um, and I, I don't even know why I took it because I wasn't going to go out drinking anyway and made Logan go get me six more pregnancy tests. So I took six more and they were all positive. And yeah, so that's how we found out. My pregnancy, I would say, was pretty standard as far as, like, a pregnancy would go. Um, I was very nauseous for probably, like, 15 weeks, I want to say, um, which sucked. It does. I, I want to say that I empathize with people who have HG or hyperemesis, gravid, however the heck you say it. I want to say I I empathize with people who have that because I did not have that. I just had like a very long period of regular morning sickness and I probably threw up a couple times, but I didn't throw up like, like some people just do all day, every day and it never ends. Like I just, I'm so, I feel so bad for people who go through that. So, um, yeah, so I had, basically a pretty straightforward pregnancy, pretty nauseous right away. Um, and like later in the pregnancy, I had some sciatic pain. I mean, I feel like aches and pains just kind of are, you know, with the, the territory of being pregnant. So it's to be expected that something were to come up, but I, I ended up going to a pelvic floor therapist when I was pregnant. And I just want to say to any listeners out there, like if you, if you, if there's one thing you can do for yourself while you're pregnant, it's go to a pelvic floor PT. Um, because she helped me with all of those aches and pains, like sciatic pain helped me with that. Hip pain helped me with that. Back pain, she helped me with that. And we really worked on like breathing exercises and like pelvic floor, obviously. And I just want to say like afterwards, I had zero issues like as far as like peeing or like going number two and like intercourse like all those things I had zero I had no issues 
And I don't want to say it's because of that, but I want to say that's like probably a very big part as to why I never had any issues like that. Um, so if you can, ladies, please just take care of yourself. Like you are growing a human being inside of you and giving so much of your body to somebody else. You might as well take care of yourself a little bit and make it a little bit better on you. So anyway, that's just a little bit of my pregnancy. Um, some labor prep that I did. So going into birth, I didn't, I was very naive and I was like, you know what? My mom had three unmedicated births and people in the olden days, they had all unmedicated births. Like, why can't I do it? Like, why does every other animal have unmedicated births? But we don't. I was like, I can do it. I just, I want to do it. You know, I really had no other reasoning for it besides that. And I was terrified of the epidural not to get it, but to have side effects of it. Like, I already am a headache and migraine sufferer, and I've heard of people having migraines from the epidural. So that was something that really made me nervous. Um, And I wasn't opposed to it at all. Like, I was like, I am just naively going into this as I want to try for unmedicated, but I will just go with the flow and see how things go. But that was like kind of my reasoning behind it. Like, when people ask me, like, why didn't, why wouldn't you want pain medication? Like, that was kind of the reasoning. Um, so in preparation for birth, I took the built to birth, um, online course by, what is her name? I think her name is, is it Taylor? Bridget, Bridget Taylor, I think. Yeah, that's her name. Um, I took that class. Well, Logan and I took it together. I knew I wouldn't be able to get him into like actually going to a class, like an in-person one. So, um, I bought this online one so we could watch it together because going into this, Logan knew absolutely nothing about birth or having a child. He knew nothing. So I thought that at least if he could like listen, um, he could kind of like understand what's going on when it comes to, uh, like giving birth and like kind of have an idea of like what's going to happen just so he's not going into it blinded, even though, Logan is like a great like support person. He will literally do anything I say and just goes with the flow. He has like no like queasiness. He doesn't get like turned off by anything like that. So I knew he would be fine, but I just wanted him to go into it with like a little bit of knowledge at least and myself too. But I feel like like as women, like we kind of know a little bit more about our anatomy and things down there. So I, I took that online and I also took the Carrie Locker um, breastfeeding and like bringing baby home classes because like I've never had a baby before. Like I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Um, so those are just a couple of the things that I did ahead of time. But like I said, like I was very naively going into it as like, I just want to have an unmedicated birth and we'll just, you know, go with the flow and see what happens. In like reflection of that mindset, I wish that I would have I wish I would have hired a doula. And, and at the time, the reason I didn't was because I didn't want anybody else in the room besides like me, Logan, and our nurse and our doctor. Like I wanted like very like limited amount of people just because I wanted, I'd feel like I do best under pressure on my own. Again, I, I knew that if 
there was other like some people have like their sisters and their mothers with them and I just feel like I I knew that if there was anybody else other than Logan in there like I would feel embarrassed or shut down when certain things happened but now as I'm going into this doula training I realized that like a doula is a person that really should be like that other comfort person that you can say or do whatever in front of and I I feel like I should I should have done that but you know what the first time you just you don't know you don't know what you're doing and you live and you learn so going forward that that's going to be something different that I definitely do is hire an actual doula (laughs) because well my PT that we went to um actually Logan came to one of my sessions with her and she like showed Logan how to do the counter pressure, which was great. I'm glad that he um, got to learn that from her. But like, again, if I would have had a doula, I, she would just know, like, I like wouldn't have to like tell Logan what to do. Like a doula would just like know where the spots are and like how to do it and like what pressure to do it. And so and and it was really hard on Logan to do like support me for, you know, a whole 24 hours. And I say that lightly, like with other people listening, like, oh, it's hard on him. Yeah, it was like he was literally so sore afterwards because he was like pushing on me and holding me up for an entire day, basically. So in reflection, that's one thing I would change during labor prep is I would hire a doula and ask somebody to help me. I did like the raspberry leaf tea and I did some sits baths coming up like on like 36 weeks, I think. Um, I'm a full-time wedding photographer, so I actually worked up until 36 weeks, which I would not recommend any wedding photographer ever doing that. <laughs> the last couple of weeks were really hard and just everything hurts as you know if you have been pregnant before um so i did that i did a lot a lot a lot of like deep squats and lots of yoga while i was pregnant i i worked out up until 36 weeks and i wouldn't say i worked out vigorously but i worked out enough to like have exercise done most days um which i recommend for anybody um but i feel like one of the biggest things that I did was I did yoga all the way up and I am so bad at it now. Like I need to go back more, but I was like a really avid yogi before getting pregnant. So then when I got pregnant, I just like kept doing it and just modified a lot. And I think that helped so much with like baby positioning and like moving down the birth canal. So I did a lot of that. Um, and by around, I want to say I was like 36 and a half weeks. I tried writing some notes down, but I mean, everything's probably going to be off by a week or something because I can't 100% remember. Um, I was like almost fully effaced and I was like two and a half centimeters dilated by like 36, 37 weeks. So in my mind, I was like, oh, maybe I won't go like super over, which I everybody tells you, you're going to go over, you're going to go over when it's your first child. But honestly, everybody's so different. You don't know. Um so at my, I, it was, I was 38 and a half weeks pregnant. I went in for my checkup and I asked my doctor if I could have a stretch and sweep because I really did not want to go overdue and not for the fact that 
I didn't want to go overdue like physically. It was more so for the fact that I am self-employed. <laughs> and if I went to 42 weeks, I would only get like seven weeks, I think, off like home. So I was hoping that if I went earlier, then, you know, I would get more time off with baby at home. And I knew I was like already like fully a face, like I was already pretty dilated. So I kind of just figured like if I could have this little extra kick, maybe I would just like go into labor, which it did. So I got a stretch and sleep at 3 p.m. on my like 38 week appointment. And I bled so much. So I'm pretty sure that was like my bloody show of when I reflect back on that. Um, which I know you can bleed anyway because it's irritating your cervix. But it it was like when I got home, it was like mucusy and bloody. So I think that it was also my bloody show coming out. Um, and around like 6, 7 p.m., I went for a long walk with the dogs. And it's so funny because I remember walking and one of my friends that lives by my block like drove up and she was talking to me and she was asking me about when I was going to have the baby and blah, blah, blah. And like I knew I was going into labor at this time. So it's just funny because I tell her like, or I told her, I was like, you're the, I talked to you when I was in labor. Anyway, so I was going on a walk and just trying to like keep my body moving. And, um, I was having very slight cramping. Like that's how I explain it would be like day one period cramps, which can also just happen when you get a stretch and sweep. So I was trying to not be like completely excited for anything to happen, but I kind of figured maybe something was happening. Um, so I did that. I came home, ate, did some stretches, did lots of deep squats. Like I said, like basically 30 weeks and beyond every single night before bed, I would like just sit and deep squat and just stretch out my pelvis because I was getting really tight. So I came home, did some yoga, did some deep squats, bounced on the exercise ball, watched TV and then I just went to bed because I was like, if it is going to happen, I want to rest. And I could not go to bed. <laughs> like basically once my head hit the pillow, I could start mentally timing these crampings happening. And I was like, yep, I'm pretty sure this is happening. So Logan was downstairs on the couch watching TV. And I just decided that if this was going to happen, I'm just not going to wake him up. I'm not going to tell him anything. I'm not going to get him anxious. Uh, I'm just going to let him sleep because it's going to be a long night if it, this is happening. So I just kind of laid in bed and tried to sleep, tried to rest, but I couldn't and probably sat on TikTok or did something with my phone. I don't even remember. It was so long ago. And then I just, I couldn't lay through them anymore. So I thought, well, maybe if I just go take a bath, I, it'll feel better enough where I can just like sleep. So I got in the bath at home and with my dog, Ivy, I, well, Ivy didn't come into the bath, but she was sitting next to the bath and just looking at me. So I was laying in the bath, petting her, and I was having still contractions on and off. And I honestly think like as soon as I could mentally time them, they were like five minutes apart. So I never had any that were like 15, 20 minutes apart. They were like instantly basically five minutes apart once I could mentally time them and like already 45 seconds long. So I kind of figured something was going to keep happening. So I just kind of stayed in the bath. Like at this point, like I could just sit on my phone and when they would happen, I would just breathe, but it wasn't like, 
it wasn't too intense. It was just kind of like when you got a poop and you kind of get like a poopy cramp and then it goes away. So it was kind of like that where um, just on and off. And it kind of got to the point where I was like, I just can't sit here anymore. I'm so bored laying in the bath. So I got out of the bath, got dressed, kind of finished up packing because I kind of figured something was happening. And at like 10, 30, 11, I called the hospital and asked them if I should come in because we live an hour away from our hospital or like 45 minutes. And they were like, well, you can if you want. We we will take into consideration that you live kind of far away. So it's not like we're going to send you home. Like there is room. And I was like, okay, sounds good. But they kind of just left it up to me. They were like, you don't need to come in, but you can if you want kind of a thing. And so I just kind of kept walking around. And at this point, I was really anxious because I was, you know, excited and just kind of like anxious. And so I went to go wake up Logan and told him that I'm pretty sure I'm in labor. And I texted my parents and I was like, hey, shit's going down because I need to come get the dogs. <laughs> and so I woke Logan up probably around midnight, I want to say. And told him, I was like, so I'm pretty sure I'm in labor, just so you know. So you should, like, get packed if you aren't. And he got up and, like, it's just so funny. Like, a first-time dad, when they, like, find out you're in labor, it's, like, it's zero to 100 instantly, just frantic. <laughs> and I was like, Logan, you have time. Like, it's not like I'm going to be popping this baby out, like, right here. Like, I, I'm fine. And so he's, like, running around, getting stuff packed up, puts the car seat he tries to put the car seat in the car facing forward. So let's just, that's how much experience Logan had with having children. And I was like, no, Logan, it goes backwards. And he's like, well, how am I supposed to see the baby if it's backwards? I'm like, oh my God, he's going to kill this child. Anyway, he's a great dad, but that's just, you know, men. So, <laughs> um, we get everything in the car and I'm like, it's fine. Like we can keep laboring at home for a while. I don't want to go to the hospital yet. And he was like, no, we're going to the hospital. Like he's, putting towels down on the seat because he thinks my water's going to break in the in the car. And I'm like, no, let's just labor at home. And so I'm still trying to like labor at home, like on the couch and on the ball. And my app that I had on my phone just kept telling me I should go to the hospital because I think at this point they were like three to four minutes apart and about a minute long. And like I said, we live an hour away. So like ideally I would have loved to like stay home and keep laboring at home but just because of the drive alone we went up there and let me tell you that was the worst like 50 minute drive of my entire life <laughs> awful so awful i i think out of my whole labor experience that was the worst part was driving in the car like having for me sitting down was the worst sitting and laboring was awful and I had a lot of back labor so that is why um it was I feel like it was so terrible for me so I never want to experience that again even though I'm gonna have to um so we make it to the hospital I want to say it's around like 1 30 a.m and I go into triage they check me I'm fully faced I'm bleeding which is like normal and um i think i was like five or six centimeters by the time we got to the hospital which i was very happy about because i know they say not to like 
like don't judge your like progression on like just centimeters and stuff like that but it's just kind of a nice thing to hear that all the pain isn't for nothing so my heart really goes out to people who go through like I think prodromal labor is how you say it for like hours or days and like nothing really happens like it's yeah anyway so we get there and I mean not not much else happens for a while like I just kind of labored um I was I mean it was nighttime at this time and I was I was really into like the vibes of things which I'm a big vibe person so I like I love that it was dark I had my music playing um I was just wearing comfy clothes um and just I liked to stand a lot for my labor like I wanted to stand and either be like bent over something and kind of swaying my hips or standing and like just falling limp onto Logan or one of the nurses. So that's kind of how I labored for a while. And then I really, really like if I could have it my way, I would have a water birth. But the hospital that I deliver at, they don't allow you to actually birth in the water, but you can labor in the water until you birth. So I really and the reason why is I wanted to labor in the water like as long as possible was because I feel like it's really good at like stretching your perineum and all of that and like just getting everything really soft and supple so so you don't tear so bad so that was like kind of my plan all along was to be in the bath in the shower a lot so I got in there and I I mean honestly when I think back to this like everything is such a blur from like getting to the hospital to like getting to pushing like everything kind of in between that like time kind of stands still because you're just you're going in time by each like contraction not like I don't think I looked at my phone this entire time like the whole time I was in labor I don't think I looked at my phone because my eyes were just closed all I was doing was focusing on these contractions like getting through each one so not much to say in between then and there but really I just I went in the bath a lot. I went in the shower a lot. I stood a lot. I hated laying down, hated it. Um, and pretty much everything else in between then and pushing, I don't really remember a whole lot of. Um, I do remember at one point they offered me gas because, um, like I said, I wanted to do, like, no epidural. And I tried it, but it it just kind of made me lightheaded and not so much, like, it didn't really manage my pain. So I ended up not doing that just because I felt like then I couldn't like stand up as as well. And I really wanted to stand, obviously. So I tried that. Wasn't my thing. Um, just kept doing what we were doing, like with the shower and counter pressure and standing. And I tried some hands and knees and like just, yeah, I don't know what else to say besides that and then around noon um they checked me and I was fully dilated and fully effaced so we got in there around like 1 30 a.m and I want to say around like 11 to noon was when I was fully dilated so I would say I had like a pretty average I don't know like I don't know what's super long and what's super short compared like I, I've had friends who've had like 30 40 hour labors and I've had friends that I've had four hour labors so I would just kind of place myself right in the middle um my my like fully if you go from like stretch and sweep to baby it was 24 hours but I would say probably around like 
16 to 17 hours of that was like actual labor. So yeah, 1 a.m. to like 11 noon-ish, I progressed from like a 5.6 to fully dilated. And they were like, you can push. And here's another thing that I kind of, like I really want to talk about this, is I, like when you have your first baby and you don't really know what's going on and they say you can push, you can do some practice pushes. You just, you just do it, you know, cause you're like, I can push sweet. Like I'm going to get this baby out. It's only, I'm only going to get it. Like I, I, most people I know of like push out their babies within a half hour. So I was like, sweet, within a half hour, I'm going to have this kid. No, I started pushing around noon and I, I pushed in every position. I pushed squatting. I pushed hands and knees. I really wanted to deliver on hands and knees. Like I really, really wanted to. I pushed standing, I pushed side lying, and I pushed laying down. I pushed like with the rope where you'd play kind of like tug of war. I pushed holding my hand, like my legs up, and like I tried like open um, like glottis pushing where you like push with your voice, and I tried holding my breath pushing like by the like help from the nurses and the doctors, and really nothing like I just felt like I wasn't progressing. I mean, at the time they were so encouraging. Like my nurses were the best people in the entire world. They were like, nope, nope, you're doing it. You're doing, you're doing well. You're doing well. They were so encouraging. And, but I just like, I kind of knew like this is taking longer than most or at least most to me. And I could kind of tell that they were kind of like, okay, this is taking a long, like, you know, like you can just kind of tell by people's like facial expressions that like stuff's happening longer than normal or they're, they're also getting tired of helping me kind of a thing. But, um, no, Gracie, my nurse, she was like, let's try this fish and let's, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. And when I reflect back to this part of my labor, this is the part where I wish I would have just kept laboring and just kind of sat back and relaxed and let my body take over and like get the baby down because I don't think at the time he was engaged enough to actually push him out and I feel like for pushing for the two hours with him still up higher it really tired me out so after like two hours I was just mentally physically exhausted like I was so I was so tired, but it hurt so bad because, like I said, I had, like, the worst back labor ever. So I think he just wasn't, like, positioned well enough in me. He was kind of, like, twisted and up higher even though I was fully dilated. So when I think back to this, I feel like I wish I would have just what they call labored down. Like, I wish I would have just, like, wrote it out like kept doing what I was doing, kept doing my coping mechanisms, like not getting out of my zone and just waiting for him to come down and let my body take over. So that's what I wish I would have done, but I didn't do that because I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) And like I said, like this is another one of those things where a doula would have really came in clutch because I... Like I said, like I'm a first time mom. I didn't know what I was doing. I just based everything off of the stuff that I've heard and read. And so two hours goes by. Let me tell you that 
Soren's heart rate was fantastic the whole time, and I'm so, so thankful for that. He never faltered. He was always had a good heart rate, and that's something that should be noted because sometimes when people push for extended periods of time, their heart rates can drop, and that's kind of like a means for a worry where they weren't worried at all about him. He was totally fine the whole time. They were like, you just got to keep going. You got to keep going. But at this point, two hours had gone by, and I was begging my nurses to knock me out. I was in so much pain. I was so tired. I was like, he's not going to come out or baby's not going to come out. I didn't know what he was at the time. Um, I was like, he's not going to come out. I was like, I just need a C-section. I need something. I was like, I can't, I cannot do this anymore. And I remember just like saying that to Logan and saying that to the nurses. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I will hold this baby inside of me until you give me something to relieve me (laughs) because I just, I couldn't. Every single time I tried to push, my back felt like it was being ripped in two pieces. And I was just, I was done. And when I reflect back on this point, that is when I think I was going through transition, like full transition was that point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Because that's what they usually say is when you think you can't do it, that's when you're about to have your baby. So at this point, I was like, I need something or else I will hold this baby in. I will not push him anymore. I am too tired. I'm too exhausted and I'm too frustrated to do this any longer. And so they ended up giving me what's called an intrathecal. And um, you'll have to look up exactly what it is, but essentially it's just like a local like anesthetic shot into your spine that just kind of like numbed, it numbed my back pain essentially is what it did like I could still move all like everything like I could still move my legs I could still feel my crotch I could still feel like my contractions coming but my back pain went away so and this also only lasts like 40 minutes is what they told me at the time so they're like we're gonna give you this and you need to push and you need to get this baby out and I was like, okay, you give me something. I am bartering with you right now. I will push if you give me something. So the anesthesiologist comes in. Great gal. She just whipped her right in there really quick. And finally, I felt a little bit of relief from the excruciating back labor. And so at this, like I said earlier, I really wanted to push on hands and knees, but I was just so physically exhausted from laboring all day and um, pushing for two hours already that I just wanted to lay. I was like, I'm just going to lay down. I just want to lay down. I don't think I can push in any other position because I don't think I can hold myself up in any other position. So finally, I get on my back. They put the back of the backrester thing up a little bit because I didn't want to be like flat, but I was like on that. So it was kind of like a uh, inclined, I don't know, whatever. And finally, finally, we have some progress and enough motivation for me. And I just pushed with all my might. And I think he came out in another hour. I pushed for another hour and then finally he came out. So at the very end of it, it was wearing off again and I was feeling everything again. But at that point he was so close to coming out that I was like, screw this get this freaking baby out of me. I've been doing this for three hours already. We're getting her out. (laughs) And, um, so yeah. So then, 
Soren comes out and they put him on my chest immediately. Oh, and something else to note was he had the cord wrapped around his neck. So if, and I didn't honestly really even know this until like afterwards and going through photos and like seeing it on um, my camera and like asking about it, that it was wrapped around his neck. So yeah, they had to do that and they put him on my chest and then um it was just magical it's like all of the pain and all of like everything that you just went through doesn't matter anymore he was there also we thought i thought he was a girl so when he came out i was like no show me the balls let me see them i was for sure thinking that he was going to be a girl i did not believe that he was a boy <laughs> right away so they show me his genitals and they put him on my chest and i just bawled and cried and i was just so happy and relieved that it was over <laughs> uh, and i was like i'm never doing that again i am never doing that again and here we are um now i'm in love with birth and doing birth things so they put him on my chest and um Logan cuts the cord and we just kind of sit there and look at him and breathe and relax. And honestly, this whole part of everything is very much a blur to me. I don't a hundred percent remember everything that went on at this point. I think just like all of the adrenaline and the high and just relief from it being over took over. And I just laid there and I was like, I'm just so happy this is done. <laughs> <laughs> and I cried. Um, and I had a second degree tear um, going to my perineum. So like down. And But it wasn't, I think they did just a few stitches. It wasn't terrible. And then I had just some micro tears going up. And they didn't have to do anything with those. They more so just kind of like stung a little bit. Um, so yeah. They put him on my chest and he breastfed right away. The nurses helped me with that. Um, and honestly, like I'm thinking about it now and I just, I feel like I'm just blacked out. <laughs> so after that, the nurses helped me breastfeed him. And, I, I, and that's another thing is like, once the baby comes out, like I was like, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, like I know I'm going to breastfeed this kid, but like, I didn't know you did it right away. Like, this is how naive I was. Just very naive. So, um, they put him on my chest. I breastfed him. Logan cut the cord. And they got him all, like, wiped off and wrapped up and everything. And we just kind of enjoyed the next couple hours of not being in pain. I got stitched up. I want to say they gave me, like, a shot of Pitocin afterwards to get my, um, placenta out and then yeah so that came out they got me stitched up and he got wrapped up and we just enjoyed the that time just kind of held him snuggled him I actually went to go take a bath because I just was like felt disgusting like everything down there felt gross and I since I didn't have a catheter or anything because I didn't have an epidural they needed me to pee within whatever amount of time. 
So I went and took a bath. I ate some food in the bath because I just could not move. And I actually, like, this is kind of, this is a gross tip, but it's a tip. If you need to pee after labor, at least for me, it was extremely difficult to pee. I feel like the pee was way more difficult than pooping. I could not, like, it was like, like, I had to pee, like, I could feel it. But I couldn't get my brain and my urethra to like work together. Like I'd try to pee and just nothing would come out. So I actually went to go take a bath and my nurse was like, just pee in the bath. Like, I mean, you're going to have to pee again later. So we know that you actually did it. But like, if you feel comfortable enough where you're relaxed enough and you can just pee in the bath, just do it, which is really gross. Like, let me just tell you that it's really gross that I did that. But I 100% did it because I was like, okay. Like it was warm. I was relaxed. And I was like, I'm just going to try to like breathe this pee out. (laughs) Um, this is a really long story about my first pee. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but so I peed in the bath and then I drained it and then I showered and then I got out. I didn't sit in my pee bath, just so everybody knows. Um, so after all of that happened, we got switched to our postpartum room and we just kind of went on with everything. Um, I'm probably going to make like a part two podcast of my postpartum. So I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that here because I feel like Soren's and I's postpartum like week after birth is a little bit important or a little bit different than probably what some other people experience. Um, But so just like a little bit of um, foreshadowing, like he ended up with really high jaundice. So in the hospital, they told me like, it's fine. They're sleepy. They're sleepy. They don't need to eat every three hours right away. Like they just, they're really sleepy. So I struggled a lot in the hospital actually breastfeeding him. And I feel like I wish I would have been a little more prepared on that end too, because he was just so tired and so sleepy that when they're, when they're so tired, they don't want to wake up to eat. So that's just kind of a little bit of foreshadowing into our part two future postpartum mental health. Um, but I will probably make a whole new podcast on that. So I think I'm going to stop or end this right here, right after the birth, because I think it will last way too long if I make this all want anyway. Um, So thank you guys for listening to this part of my birth. Um, It's a really special moment. I really enjoyed it. And I feel, I hope that it like going through it and listening, you kind of understand like my mindset when I think about things now versus then and how I would do things differently. Um, Other than that, I don't think I got much else to say. Um, I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Hopefully I can get some new guests on here for the upcoming ones. It's it's going to be real exciting, you guys. I'm really excited for this and just like talking to other women about their births. Um, so I will record a part two for this as well. But for this, I think I'm going to end here. And I hope you all have a great day.